0: Crazy couple months,
1: it's been a crazy couple of months with basically buying a new house CPU nationals. Luckily, we got CPU nationals in before COVID 19. Um, that, that was actually-
0: <laughs> I was just about to say, we didn't, we had no idea how close the Canadian nationals were to that whole boy getting shut down when this was happening. When, when you were winning the Canadian nationals, I remember watching the live stream and everything. I- We're like within that was early March. We're still in March, which doesn't feel like March anymore. So much has happened.
1: I know it's crazy. Isn't that
0: crazy? When I think of, when I think of earlier March and I think of like, yeah, watching you on the live stream, it's like a fucking, it feels like forever. Life was so different. It feels like forever. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Like going outside, like going to meet your friends. Like it just seems like a different era from (laughs) weeks ago. It,
0: like, it, it's like that song. It was all good just a week ago. Oh, <laughs> true. Was, that, is, that is so relatable. Dude, it is so relatable. But yeah, it's <laughs> been crazy. And you've got a house and everything in the middle of this. However, with the isolation lockdown, you can work a lot on the house now.
1: Yeah, so it's been a lot of, like, it's... The house is good, but it needs a lot of work. So we basically stripped out all the carpet, stripped out the flooring. We're repainting, we're... Putting in new like laminate flooring on the bottom. We got vinyl, vinyl flooring for another floor. It's it's going to be a lot of work.
0: Hey <laughs> man, we got time, but you still got Not your true. you still got your job.
1: Oh yeah, I'm working from home.
0: That's huge. Look, there's a lot of like power, especially in the powerlifting community. I don't know. I'm gonna have so we got Joey Flex coming on um, yeah. later on this week. And I don't know how this is hitting a lot of these powerlifting coaches and gyms and shit. Or personal (laughs) trainers. Like a lot of people who are powerlifters are like, personal trainers, own gyms, coaching services. And who knows how, if this thing goes months.
1: Gotta hope their clients get home gyms.
0: Man. You know? At least, at the very least, if it's global. If some nations open up, you could still have coach like, athletes from those nations and it helps. You know, like, let's Mm. say U.S. stays close or i mean trump's saying he wants to open it up soon
1: yeah i saw that i don't know how that's gonna happen because wasn't he saying easter is that what i heard easter dog that's real They're it's still exploding over there they're not even
0: close to declining It's, it's like man it's getting worse and worse every day that is like
1: It's like, sir, I appreciate your optimism, but realistically, I I don't know.
0: (laughs) you got a lot of work to do before we start having that conversation. It is, um, damn, these are bizarre times, man.
1: These are
0: freaking bizarre times. I was, um, reading, what else? Did you get to anything else? Watching any movies, documentaries, or anything on the weekend?
1: Honestly, I have, like, my media consumption has been to a minimum lately. (laughs) It's just been working. Working,
0: (laughs) good. Um... I've been reading. Mike Tyson wrote a book with Customato, his mentor. Like his okay. So cut the the Mike Tyson story, he was like a youth who was like in and out of jail from the slums um, in Brownsville, like getting like he was hanging around murderers and robbers, and he was like robbing people and whatnot. And he got picked up by Customato and he's I think he's 12 years old, but he looked like a damn man. He was like jacked when he's 12 years old already. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he's Wait, Mike
1: to, or the other guy? Um, so the
0: other guy was old in the seventies. Mike was twelve and jacked at twelve, oh, 12. Fair. He looked like a man. He looked like a full grown they show footage of Mike Tyson at 13 years old hitting the heavy bag and hitting and sparring with grown men and it's terrifying. Like how fast mm. and powerful and explosive he was, and he was like he was a child, man.
1: And he was a scary dude.
0: When they when they had him box, they would take him to like um these exhibition matches and they were like, All right. Like everyone lies a little bit. Like, let's say you had ten fights. I was your manager. I'm like, look at I. I'm, I'm trying to get my guy a fight. How many fights has he had? I might say he's had three fights, and really he had ten fights.
2: And they're mm-hmm.
0: like, nah. But I'm trying to get you in a match that's favorable to you, right? Mm-hmm. So you lie a little bit. You're 15. I say you're 13. We get mm-hmm. you a fight. When they brought Mike Tyson, and he was like 12 years old, 13 years old. They and he's like, serious, 200 pounds, pe- pecs, lats, like he's jacked.
1: Okay. And they, did you just say, hold up, did you say 200 pounds at 14 years man, of age?
0: Or maybe like 190. He was jacked, okay. dude. But Either way. That it, it, is ridiculous. Ridiculous. it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. He was like a full-grown man. Um, yeah. And, and not just a normal, didn't look, just look it. When he exploded on the heavy bag in the midst of whatnot, people like, holy shit, that's a 13-year-old. He was sparring 27-year-olds. Um, and, and train so when they broke, yeah, him, wouldn't that
1: be some of your ego? Yeah, I just got beat by this 13 year old and my sprites. I was going easy on him, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I didn't want to hurt the kid, he broke my nose up. So. But, um, so he was they would bring him to these these exhibition matches, and they'd be like, All right, man, the guy's name was Teddy, who was, who was bringing him to these matches. They're like, All right, Teddy, how old's your kid? And he's like, He's 13 years old. They're like, Teddy, Teddy, we all lie a little bit. There's no fucking way that kid's 13. (laughs) They're like, he's 18 at least. He goes, I swear to God, I swear on my mother. He's 13. He goes, Teddy, the kid's fucking 18 years old at least. He's shaving and driving. Don't bullshit me. He's not (laughs) 13. He's 18. And And then
1: Teddy, (laughs) Teddy, Teddy
0: goes, Teddy goes, just to get him a fight, he goes, all right, fuck it, he's 16. And the guy's like, all right, I'll accept 16. Thank you for being honest, Teddy. He goes, I'm not being honest, I'm lying. The kid's 13. I'm just trying to get this thing moving. <laughs> he's he's not 16. I just want to get him a fight. Fuck it. Put him in there with a 22-year-old. He's going to knock him out. It's okay. <laughs> but um, it's interesting because what's applicable in this in this book to, like, all sports, all, everything in life, Mike Tice was talking about his coach would, would tell him about fear. And he's like... The reason why it's so like athletes deal with it is performance anxiety and we all got this but boxing Mm. is that much more because if you have a bad day as a power lifter you don't want to bomb out it's embarrassing you come home it's tough but if you're a boxer if you have a bad day you you get knocked the fuck out Mm. and and like a concussion could change your life man
1: yeah yeah (laughs) so
0: (laughs) he his coach would tell him um here's the thing with fear in the wild, like fear isn't you can't avoid fear, first off. There's nothing he'd be like Michael, like Michael's young, and this guy's an old guy who had had many world champions. He's like, Michael, there's nothing I'm gonna tell you to take away the fear. But here's what I am gonna tell you. Fear is not a bad thing. There's two ways of looking at it. It's okay to fear that man you're about to fight. It's not okay to be intimidated by him. Mm. And, and Mike's like, like he's thirteen. He's like, What does that mean? I'm looking man, I'm reading the book, I'm like, what does that mean? So I'm reading and, <laughs> and the guy goes. And the guy goes, listen to me, listen to me. He's like, when a deer sees a predator in the wild, now a deer clocked when it's just normally galloping is going X amount of speed. When it feels that fear and the anxiety hits and it fucking books it, the speed that you clock and how much faster is that deer going to go? When you have the adrenaline in your body, how much more weight are you going to lift? Like a mother lifted the car off her child. Fear, mm-hmm. fear is, it is your friend. It doesn't feel comfortable. You are uncomfortable. Anxiety is with fear. You will feel anxiety. Mike Tyson said he would cry in the in the washroom in the before he had to go out for a match, totally balling, check himself, turn around, go out there and destroy the guy in the first round. But he would feel really? that. Oh, he'd be totally broken down in tears. He was so afraid. However, wow. Customato said it's okay to feel that fear. Recognize when you're in there. When you feel fear and you're hyper focused because you're so afraid like you're so tuned in on this guy anything could go on around you in the audience you have no fucking Mm. idea you are so focused because you're so afraid to the tune of like and this is proven when people have that fear and the fight or flight kicks in let's say the guy just drops his shoulder minimally before he jabs every time by the second round you have timed that little shoulder drop before a jab you're picking him off on his jab you can't even get a jab off you that's what fear can do for you you, in terms of your reflexes, you are so on point. Keep moving, you, whoa, shit, what was that? You're bouncing around mm-hmm. with him. That's what fear can do for you. All those things, right? Fear is not a bad thing. It's just uncomfortable. Anxiety mm-hmm. anxiety is a terrible feeling, but it's needed. And it will rise you to that level. Here's the flip side. Yeah, like
1: the nerves before a competition.
0: So if we make it applicable, um, if you don't, even if it's in business, look, at if you mm-hmm. are the only business in town sale, the market's yours, you don't mm-hmm. gotta do too much, you're gonna even, stay even. But if right. a, if someone, if number two is real close to you in sales, you that's when you start getting innovative. Mm-hmm. That's when, in terms of technological advances, in terms of tech, like advances in service, in terms of how you're gonna make processes, that's when you are forced out of fear of losing the lion's share. You have to, it's a good thing. That is what capitalism is based on, by the way. That's why communist countries for a while, fell behind so badly with technological advances where's the fear you're getting a paycheck regardless what is it no you need you need competitiveness so fear all round not just fighting uh, that's just what i got this from but all round it doesn't matter if it's in sales it doesn't matter if you're giving comedians talk about it man i listen to podcasts with comedians they talk about you need a little skin in the game to amplify yourself to dig deep right otherwise you, you could tell the other person's slacking um so yeah it definitely applies that intimidation though here's intimidation so if you fear the opponent, it's a healthy thing. Now you're on point. If you're, right. inti- if you're intimidated by this guy, now I'm too timid to react and throw my punches and impl- implement my game because you faint and I'm fucking covered. And that's intimidation. That's the difference. Now it is, you can't. There's nothing someone else can do. I If it's you, I cannot make you operate at 70%. I cannot intimidate you and make you operate 70%. You have to pull back the 70% yourself. And now you're no longer running at a hundred percent effort. That's on you. That's your relationship with your effort. And you did that because you're intimidated by me. That's what intimidation does. That's what Mike Tyson learned by this guy. He's like, intimidate your opponents and they will not fight the same. Mm
2: -hmm. However,
0: if you feel fear for your opponent, that's okay. I'm not mad at you. But do not yourself become intimidated by them. Right. You see the difference there. And Mike um, mm. Tyson's 13 fucking years old when this has happened, man.
1: You know, having <laughs> yeah. this conversation at
0: 13. <laughs> Dog, I'm I'm 40 years old, and I'm like, holy shit, that is deep. Yeah, I like man. it. I like it though. I like it's. It's true with like a lot of things in life where it helps you. People want the easy answer, like, how do I not feel fear? And it's like, well, that, that's not life. No. You want to not feel fear, stay in the comfort zone and never come out of the comfort zone. There it is. Right? But good luck achieving anything like that. Oh, man, that's not living. Yeah, that's not living. <laughs> that's not living. So anyways, I'm knee deep in this book, man. It's crazy. Um, he talks about to deal with, and this is good sports psychology for all athletes, obviously. But he talks about, um, they did hypnosis. Oh, True. And they did like meditation and visualization techniques, and they did so much so to turn Michael into like basically. A yeah, coach. I remember
1: his training like was like borderline insane, like yeah. the, what he went through. Like I remember watching some stuff on like his training, like the hypnosis, and like it was to a point where you're, like man, like this guy's going to turn like <laughs> it's well, almost like on the line of turning insane here.
0: Well, <laughs> you, you know what? So like Mike said, when he, like he's 13 years old again, when he was sleeping, because when you're sleeping, your conscience is asleep. Your subconscious can hear things. You can hear things. If the radio turns on when you're sleeping, often that song will enter into your dreams, whatever. You're, you're partially awake. Like your ears are working, obviously. Just your conscience is asleep. That's the best time to do hypnosis. His custom would come into the room when he's a 13 year boy sleeping and tell him things like, you are, you are a monster. You are unbeatable. You are the Mm -hmm. next world champion. You are a destroyer of worlds. You are all powerful. And he's subconsciously taking this in. So when he walks into the ring, he's like, I'm a God. You know, he would like believe it. It was like ingrained. Here's a problem. Mike said, it carried on into his social life. When he'd go to school, teachers couldn't tell him shit. And somebody like, he just was like, he was, it it really badly messed him up in terms of his ego. He couldn't get his ego in check. He was insecure with an ego, which is kind of, Sounds like an oxymoron, insecure with an ego, but he has so much insecurities, but at the same time, it just propelled his ego. Ego is insecure <laughs> as well, right?
1: Oh, for sure.
0: It's, um, I don't know, man. It's really
1: complicated. It's, it's so like all that built-up confidence with, like, the other side of, like, the ego's insecure, insecurity. So it's like confidence is, like, jumping over that, but that right. stuff's still underlying. So don't, it right. creates a mess on the inside.
0: <laughs> That's how complicated humans are, right? Yeah. It's, it's not as cut and dry. The same guy who's uber confident, who, yeah, he'll walk in the ring and you can't intimidate him. At the same time, is so crazy secure about himself that he would be like, when people came up to him and idolized him, he'd be like, these people must be shit because I ain't shit. And if you look up to me, what does that make you? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he thinks he's a god when he enters the ring. It, it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's a
1: complex situation.
0: People, that's, and that's people. You know, that's that's how people are. It's made So in terms of um, anybody, I understand it's a boxing book. But in terms of sports psychology, and anyone who listens to podcasts know I'm a fucking sports psychology nut. Um, it's fucking riveting, dude. It's such good content. In terms of, uh, man, no joke, I'm thinking about trying to get some hypnosis, put it on in the background when I sleep. Not quite Mike Tyson. I'm a destroyer of worlds. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. But it's man, it's got to work. And he actually, in the book... He doesn't just say how Cosamato did that with him. He actually cites studies and like professors and talking right. about it. Yeah. Um, right. I know it's Mike Tyson, but he definitely got a ghostwriter because they're they're citing right. people from the 50s and 60s before Tyson was even born in citing work. So it's good. So is
1: that what that Disorder World's like audio tape was last time I came over to your house?
0: <laughs> that was that was me. That's <laughs> that a little intense. You're like, all right, take it easy, bro. It's it's way different, <laughs> you know. You know, you just want to get a PR. You don't need to. You don't need to ruin people's lives. Yeah. But um, and that's I think that's why honestly I like boxing and and MMA and the fighting sports because it's like normal sports only amplified so much more intense because you could get severely hurt in it. So the yeah. the implications or like you know what could happen is so much more amplified. Whereas powerlifting, it's like all right, take it easy. We don't gotta get that serious. When you're going yeah. in there and you could get knocked the fuck out, you're gonna fight Mike Tyson. You literally would be
1: like, "Somebody help me out." <laughs> yeah, I was I was fighting. I would be terrified for each each fight. I mean, like even like I used to wrestle back in the day, and it's like I there was no fear of me ever getting knocked out or anything. But like before every match, like I had that little like pent up like anxiety or like that little like I would not even go start far as call it fear, but you know what I mean. That just yeah. little little bit of adrenaline or nervousness before you.
0: It, you need it. You you absolutely. If you don't feel that, you aren't going to operate that great. And look, it's a weird thing when a sport pits you against someone else physically one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Like you were going to like overpower somebody and force your will upon them. Like that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a dog. You ha, Who engages in another adult like that and doesn't have some adrenaline going? You're dead inside if you don't. <laughs> like, exactly. What are you doing? What in life gets your... Heart pumping. If that doesn't get your attention, like holy shit! Oh, and it man. is. That's why, because I do jujitsu, and that's why I like it. Is like, yeah, man, it never gets old. When you roll at the end of of like training, and you're like, all right, we're gonna go. A, another grown man is trying to choke you unconscious, or like bend your arm. Like you gotta get, a you gotta you know tap, obviously. But there's nothing quite like play fighting for your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> to be is like. It- that's wow. a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a play fight, but yeah. he's gonna choke you, break an arm, break a leg. Like you'll tap beforehand, but you better tap beforehand. There's nothing getting your your attention, getting some juices going. But like, woo, this is this is wild stuff, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm interested. I'm gonna keep reading this book. I'm only like 20% of the way. I'll update you guys and see if any other crazy shit. This is Mike Tyson for God's sake, dude. Is there a crazy? In terms of athletes in all of the world in the history of sport, is he the crazy son of a bitch we you know? <laughs> He's up there.
1: He's, he be, he's up there for sure.
0: <laughs> I mean, powerlifting, thank God, has nobody like him.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: not yet. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> not that we know about. But dude, if you think of any...
1: you become the Mike Tyson of powerlifting. <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah. If you like me, you want to go down the rabbit hole, look at uh, Mike Tyson interviews with the media and when he... <laughs> you could waste 20 minutes of him... Telling the media to go fuck themselves and blah, blah. Like, dude, it's oh, insane. Yeah. He gave zero shits. And, yeah. he, he's, he, and he bit a dude's ear off and, like, he Oh, fucking, yeah. Dude, he... There, there's no way it's sports. If anybody's listening to this, DM me if you think there's another more crazy son of a bitch than Mike Tyson in all of sports. I want to hear it. I'm sure they had to do yeah. it still. Imagine,
1: imagine at the next like IPF World Championships, the guy comes second, just on the podium, just gets so mad, steps up, yeah, okay, there we go, and walks away, there we go, yeah,
0: Russell, he does that to Brett if he loses his title to him or something like that. All right, that's gonna make some waves. That's good. That's, that's not the, what we need, but that's gonna make some waves. Um, yeah. and, and not only was he crazy in terms of that, when he was growing up, like one of his, he, was, he was kind of weird, six degrees of separation. His best friend was homo. Short for homicide, that's what his nickname was. He was mm. a professional hitman, and he's the guy who was paid to shoot 50 Cent, and he shot 50 Cent nine times. And 50 Cent actually raps about homo. and that guy was Mike Tyson's best friend growing up. And when Mike Shit. Tyson, Yo yeah, the dude, the, no, Mike Tyson, dog. When I mean crazy, listen, if you're gonna DM me, if you think you know another athlete crazier than Mike Tyson, you're about to DM me.
1: You make sure you take into account
2: this. You Let's make sure this.
1: You, who can find that? The Crazy Mike Tyson challenge. The challenge is sent. Dude, Send us the athletes. This
0: dude's surrounded by hitmen and killers. When he was in jail, so when he was a kid in jail, that was the guy who went to juvie with him. First off, mm-hmm. and when he made it famous, that guy was one of his boys. That like he paid him bodyguard money, but he was his boy. He was going to protect him anyways. But you know, yeah. you break your boys off of jobs because you're a millionaire. and You can. not sure. But they were. For they sure. were like they're childhood friends that dude's dead now he was murdered himself because that's the lifestyle yeah. they live but i remember when i was in high school mike tyson was in jail and some people were like look at mike's tough but how would he survive in jail and i was like i remember my teacher being like you guys know mike isn't just tough in the ring right like this dude like is he in there with a bunch of monsters mike is a fucking monster mike was <laughs> raised with monsters like that's the neighborhood he he's not out of his element he wasn't raised like a middle class kid and he's just going to end up with killers. That's who he hangs. He's going to show up high fiving people because he knew them from the block. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, said, what do you guys think this is? And we're waiting for you, Mike. What's up? You still alive? Mike, Mike, where you been, man? What are you doing here? <laughs> um, they said some dudes, uh, I seen him in an interview. and Dudes are like, uh, Did anyone try you to try to be tough? And Mike's like, No. <laughs> They're like, Nobody tried to fight you because you're Mike Tyson. He's like, No. No 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 no. He said I think he said one time he whooped the guy's ass. The guy wasn't super really trying him, but Mike's just in a bad mood and the guy was a little bit too lippy so mike whooped his ass Mm. but he's like Mm. he's like sure shit nobody's like i think this is going to be a good idea (laughs) it's like no man nobody's got delusions of grandeur be like hey i think i'm gonna fight mike tyson in a pretty when
1: it's like when you come into like the new like new hood or new era and you're like oh man i gotta make my name by beating up the toughest guy like at mike tyson (laughs) next toughest guy (laughs) yeah
0: uh, yeah like uh, maybe number two Who's, who's the number two in the rankings in the prison rankings, because inside a box here and this guy's biting people's ears off, I don't know what he's doing in a jail cell. He's 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 he will go there. He's wild. Uh, but anyways, interesting stuff. So you today are going to be interviewing. Te- who are you going to be interviewing, sir?
1: Who's we got Isaac Bake, who's coming on. He's a two-time Canadian national champ in the eighty-three kilogram and ninety-three kilogram weight class. Champion. Yep. We champion. are going to be welcoming him on Bacon Bock is the handle, and um, oh.
0: IPF World Championship veteran.
1: Yep, I actually competed against him yeah. at the last World Championships.
0: Against slash four because it's weird when that happens. Because you guys, when you go to the World Championships in the IPF, you're on the same nation, so you're both right. collect, you're both collecting points for the same team, but individually, obviously, no, you can't yeah, share, exactly. you can't, share, you can't share rankings. But, um, yeah, so it's kind of, but it is always good to have like the one two punch in the Mm -hmm. 83s, no less. Man, 83s is stacked. I don't got to tell you when it comes Mm -hmm. to uh, at the world level. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, man. Sounds like it's going to be a good interview. So I will check out and let you guys do your damn thing. All right. um, Until next time. So thanks
1: for joining us. I'm super excited to introduce. Our new guest, Mr. Isaac Bake. Am I saying the last name right? Bake, yeah. That's, Bake? That's okay. I've known <laughs> you for a couple of years now, and I just never actually known if I was saying that name right or wrong. Yeah. Alright. Okay, is your name Kafui or Kafui? Kafui. You've been saying it wrong, Kafui. but that's okay. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you guys might notice that Six Pack is not on this one. Don't worry, things will return back to normal we are multitasking he's actually doing another podcast so we're dividing and conquering but he'll be back to being the main co main host so don't get too angry at me people anyways how are you doing isaac i'm doing good man how are you i am good thanks it's kind of hard to ignore what's going on right now with the covid-19 it's yeah. been everywhere i know i'm working from home how are you kind of dealing with that right now yeah in as I can with what I have um, yeah it's, it's been tough man <laughs> true I actually yeah. want to step back one second for you, for those of you guys who don't know who Isaac is so he is a CPU powerlifter I've actually competed against him we've competed together on the world stage and he is a two time national champ in two different weight classes <laughs> alright so just a preface in case you do not know anything about him anyways so yeah um, I did find it kind of funny. So, like, last week I got the... Are you planning on going to Worlds, by the way? Just a quick question. No, I I was never planning on going this year. I okay. just want to
2: take this year to sort of fill out the 93 kilo class before uh, going international
1: again. but. Oh, fair. Okay, yeah. okay. So you want to... Because what did you weigh in at nationals? I was
2: 87.2 kilos. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah. So, so still so uh, a still probably could have made 83 if you really set your mind to it if i spat <laughs> <a>
2: <laughs> <lot>. <laughs>
1: for sure <laughs> what was your what was your biggest reason of getting out of the 83 kilogram weight class uh, i just felt
2: that it wasn't good for my long-term progress mm. like that uh, yeah, was really hampering my performance on the platform and i feel like i would make good gains games and it take me a few months to build it back up and it just slowed everything
1: down. So, oh, fair. I mean, it's, it's been going well so far, just being on a caloric surplus all the time. So, really you didn't, you didn't find yeah. that that weight cut that weight cut kind of had diminishing returns for you in terms of yeah. when you got to no, the platform. Def- I see, definitely. okay, makes sense. I always wondered because even, even at provincials, I think you weighed in at 86 kilos, and I was like, man, yeah. he's in 83 <laughs> kilo range right there. <laughs> Anyways, no worries. What
2: about yourself? Are you ever gonna move up?
1: Um I I honestly am a terrible like weight cutting is fine for me, but rehydrating is terrible. Like every single meet I have I'm cramping like uh, And I just I just don't get it. I don't know. But I like I still perform on the platform, so yeah. Were you cramping at Nationals? And I was. And it was brutal, because as you know, at Nashville, there was, like, no time in between. It was, like, a sprint yeah. that meet. But, yeah, yeah. I am I have unfinished business in the 83 <laughs> kilogram class, so I don't <laughs> see myself moving up. Well, congrats on
2: winning, though. No, that's awesome.
1: And congrats to so, you on winning yeah. 93 as well. Thank you. Maybe one day I'll jump back up to 93 so we can bring that battle back to life. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, so what I was saying earlier about last week, I got the email from the CPU basically confirming the Team Canada for IPF Worlds in Belarus in June, and I just found it crazy because, like, obviously, you know, every sports organization has been canceling. You have the Olympics, which just canceled, all the sports organizations, the NHL, NBA, yeah. basketball, and I just, like, it just doesn't look good as our sport if it's so close to the world they still haven't cancelled like what do you think about that
2: yeah i mean the situation's always evolving right so i think the longer they wait to postpone it the more costly it's going to be anyways so i feel like they should do it right now yeah yeah it's
1: yeah exactly like obviously i'm not going to book anything and like It just—I don't even think—I don't—I don't even know if they're allowing like international flights right now, even. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: they're, they're not unless it's essential, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think they should definitely at least postpone. Conflict.
1: Oh, I agree, and they yeah. did—they did postpone the Masters, and they canceled Sheffield, and I almost feel like Team Canada. We should we should kind of take the same approach that Canada did for the Olympics, like they made a stand and said if this doesn't get postponed, our athletes are not going. And No, for sure. Like, I, I 100% agree. It's just it's just for the safety of your athletes, like just looking at yeah. what's going on in the world, everything's shutting down and mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I think as a sport, as a whole, trying to get more people to take the sport seriously, I just don't yeah. think it looks good on our part, which is just no. my two cents. No, and for
2: sure. I think Canada should definitely try to set an example for the rest of the world and mm-hmm. do... One of the first ones
1: to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, could yeah. be wrong. I think I think it was Great Britain that said they're not sending their athletes. I could be Go wrong, ahead. don't quote them. me. That's good. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they did say they weren't going to send their athletes. Um, but yeah, it was even funny. Like, I was reading an article the other day from one of the soccers I used to follow, and Belarus yeah. is the only country in Europe right now that hasn't canceled their professional soccer league. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> playing a role in maybe. I don't know if they're just not worried about the spread of COVID right now, but it's it just sounds a little sketchy to me. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um the I got an email recently the CCES, like Candace Center of Excellence, I don't know the whole acronym, but they've actually postponed testing athletes for drug testing athletes as well. So it is it is funny. Like who would have thought like if you go back ten years ago who would have thought? Like, there's going to be the school pandemic, which is basically going to shut down everything. wouldn't be yeah. self quarantine. No one could have predicted it. No one could have predicted it. <laughs> oh my. So, I
2: mean, I we're really lucky that CPU Nationals was like the week before it all sort of took off, right?
1: Oh, I know. I mean, yeah, when we got back, like everything started shutting down. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like, I know yeah. it kind of started a little bit. Like, even traveling, I was like, like. On the TVs and stuff, I'll see stuff like COVID. I'm just kind of like, ah, it's whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And the next week, I'm like, oh, man, I really got to take this seriously. And I admit, even at first, I was like, ah, whatever. Like, it's mostly in, like, Europe and stuff. We're going to be fine, and I'm like, oh, it's really ramping up. Yeah, no, I was definitely uh, a little skeptical
2: of people sort of blowing out of proportion. But as it evolved, it definitely... Yeah,
1: I understand the seriousness of it. Yeah, knowledge. for sure, like I'm staying calm, like I'm not one of those people running yeah. to the grocery store and buying all the toilet paper, but Yeah, dude. I I don't understand what
2: utility the toilet paper would have. I know. <laughs> I'm
1: like, <"What> is this? <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like my first thing would be like, alright, I want to get some like, you know, foods like unperishable foods, like stuff that I can yeah. last long and like <laughs> And, like, worst case scenario, like, I know it's probably not the most ideal thing, but if you're at home and you, like, go do a number two, like, you can shower yeah. after. <laughs> but, yeah, true. I just, I just don't get this, like, culture yeah. of just hoarding all the toilet paper right now. It, it's a little ridiculous, but just kind of shows what we boil down to when emergency or something That's strikes. Right. <laughs> All the irrationality comes out. <laughs> mm, yeah, I really, I really do hope that we can beat this thing soon, though. It okay, is. No. Yeah. What have you like? Have you been getting your workouts in right now? Uh, so I bought
2: a single loadable dumbbell. Okay. With about seventy pounds of weight, so I've been doing unilateral work. Okay. Uh, split squats, stuff like that, and then
1: my friend has a garage gym that he's been letting me so have going there about once a week. Oh, not bad, okay. Okay, yeah. so you still get your compound currently, movements in? Yeah, currently in the process of building a squat rack, and I'm going to order some plates. That's oh, nice, okay, okay. I was, in the sa- I was in the same boat. Like, I had a kettlebell, so I was doing basically, like, kettlebell circuits, and yeah. honestly, there's only, like, so, like, I started out with doing, like, you know, your bodyweight workouts, so but there's only, like, so much you can do. Like, no. I'm like, I can't keep adding, like, in terms of progressive overload. I can't yeah. like keep adding like extra seconds to my eccentrics like what I'm doing 10 second eccentric push-ups yeah. now it's just it's just mind numbing and boring. <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: essentially doing everything you possibly can to make each movement as hard as it can be.
1: <laughs> oh for sure. I got so I got like a little eccentric yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I got a little lucky. uh, six pack actually lent me some of his weight so he got me a Yeah. About... I saw that. 500 pounds in weights a barbell and then so like me and my girlfriend just bought a new house recently so oh, I'm turning nice, the nice. Perfect timing so I'm like, oh, I guess I'm yeah. turning the basement into a home gym yeah. So I ordered one of those squat racks and yeah, I'm good yeah. to go now. So nice. yeah good stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy about that So let's say let's say you could be You could be quarantined with any athlete. Who would you pick? Yeah.
2: (laughs) I don't know man that's a pretty random
1: question (laughs) I know I know I I didn't give you didn't give you much time to think about this yeah Uh, it was just you and this athlete for like a month straight a month I mean I probably There. Okay. Okay. So, what are your what are your qualifying criteria here? Let Let's start with that. Like, what like uh, would be your qualities in this ideal quarantine I don't partner? Know,
2: I guess someone who's not a, an asshole. <laughs> not an asshole. Who, uh, wouldn't get sick.
1: Of it. True. True. Maybe someone who's a good cook too. I don't know what athletes are a good yeah, cook. that's true. You gotta do that. Uh, Man, that maybe analysis. Chef <laughs> Chef Gordon Ramsay would be a great quarantine partner. Is he an athlete? Though he's not an athlete, but man, he can cook. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that, that'll be good. That is a that is a good question. I don't even know who I'd pick. Yeah, That's a... I mean, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back to a little bit about your history. So, how did you initially get into powerlifting? Um. So. Oh, okay. So I that, yeah, I did that for about three years. Uh, and then I tore my ulnar collateral ligament in my elbow. Oh, man. Uh, snatching in competition, and then I couldn't... Now I can't bear any weight over my head. Oh, so, man, that's brutal. The next best thing for me was powerlifting. It's did you do physio part. at all for it? Sorry? Did you do physio at all for it? Like, are you... Yeah, I did, I did physio,
2: and then I got an MRI done while I was waiting for the results to come back. I was going through therapy. Did come back. The doctor told me that if I want to continue weightlifting, I have to get Tommy John surgery, which is just uh, elbow reconstruction. So they take a tendon from your forearm and then drill holes into your uh, your ulna and your humerus. Okay. Okay. And then sort of it together with the tendon, it
1: becomes another ligament. Oh man. So
2: and I decided to just you know it's not worth it. I'm not Fair. a professional athlete, so I'm just gonna okay live with it and power lift. That was about twenty sixteen is when I got injured, and then I took a year off from competing, and then twenty
1: seventeen I got into powerlifting. Okay, and so was sort of, yeah. it was kind of funny. I remember at Worlds last year on your career, they said Olympic powerlifting coach. So you actually did start an Olympic <laughs> powerlifting, though. So there was a little bit of merit to that statement right there. It wasn't just like totally out of left <laughs> <Yeah>. field. <laughs> and how my, long? My part- Sorry, Should keep I... on, keep on.
2: Yeah, my part time job.
1: So that's why I put that. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. So you, yeah. you like you actually did write that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, got you. Because <laughs> like on my card they just totally like like I don't know if I just got mixed up with someone else, but like yeah. the years of piloting, I think I had like six and a half. They spelt my <laughs> like they had my career right, but they spelt it wrong. Yeah. There's someone else out yeah. there, and I'm just kind of like, <laughs> I understand they have to input a ton of athletes. So I was like, really, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah.
2: Maybe. seven and a half <laughs>
1: <That's> sweet <laughs> they put seven feet seven and a half yeah okay and what was it before going in sorry and what was it prior to going in 748 oh okay seven okay. Eight. okay so they bumped it up not bad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'll take that
2: yeah i definitely noticed some mistakes on their end
1: yeah and were you like were you actually competing in olympic piloting? like did you hit any competitions or were you just training for it Olympic or sorry. Olympic weightlifting. See, I'm just so <laughs> eager. I want practicing in the Olympics. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I do too, man. I think a lot of us do. But yeah, I competed. I actually went to nationals the year that I got injured. Like, oh, I competed okay. There with the injury. And that oh, was wow. The competition. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not bad. So, okay, you've done nationals and weightlifting and practicing. That's not bad at all. And okay. were you doing any other sports prior to weightlifting? Uh, I've dabbled in bunch of different things growing up. I played baseball for about six years. That was probably my main sport. Okay. Uh, track and field I just I did it in high school for about two years. I did judo for a year. Uh, hockey I played for about four years. Yeah, just a bunch of different <laughs> Okay, so you're just yeah you an athlete, you've pretty yeah. much dabbled in you're I like... even did I did cheerleading one year actually. No way <laughs> I um, would have never guessed, oh man, yeah. if only we can you know find, <laughs> I was, I was actually really into,
2: I mean, I don't know if you consider this a sport, but tricking, free running and parkour, that sort of stuff, wait, what, do you know what tricking is,
1: oh, like, you know when people are, like, running up the walls and you're in, okay, like, yeah, that's part of it, so it's like martial arts and acrobatics combined, so I okay. that, okay, and then from that I got into cheerleading,
2: and then, yeah.
1: Just so the actual term is called tricking. So, like, how do you, like, was there, like, a tricking club? Or, like, how do you train for that? Like, how... Yeah, it's more like an online community. Okay. pretty niche.
2: It's getting a lot bigger now. Okay. But, uh, I'd say it's similar to powerlifting. Okay. In terms of, like, the
1: popularity, it's... Okay, started
2: like... off, I don't know, pretty small and slowly growing, especially
1: due to social media, so... Gotcha. So it'll be big within its niche, but, like, probably not huge yeah. within the grand term, exactly. like I know. It's, it's definitely not mainstream, but... I know when I talk to people sometimes, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I'm crafting, They're like, oh, like, you know, that's when you're on stage and, like, flexing stuff. I'm like, no, no, that's bodybuilding. I'm sorry, honey <laughs> Different sport. It's <laughs> still going to mixed up, so it's, it's not there yet. <laughs> yeah, but it is it is growing, which I love. And the great thing is we have, like, these, like, superstars like Russ, and, like, we have, like, Peyton and, yeah. like, Jess, who are helping to grow and push this sport. So, like, For as sure. long as we yeah. keep having this, I do, I do think that, like, the sport is growing nicely. And
2: no, every year there's more and more people.
1: Yeah, and for sure. Like, if you look at the competition in Canada, just over the last three four years, it's gotten way better. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like, like, every competition records are being broken. Yeah. It's, it's good. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's no, no record safe, no record safe. Like, I think. Yeah. I forget. I forget the guy's name. I think he is American Italian, and he recently pushed the eighty three kilogram. A Deadlift World Record, so I think... Yeah, I saw that at the Arnold, right? Yeah, at the Arnold. I think, yeah. was it 750 pounds, like about the kilos? Something yeah. crazy like that. I'm like, oh man, I got my work cut out for me. It was easy too, right? Yeah, it okay. moves smooth. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we obviously have the huge battle, which is going in the 74s right now. I don't know if you've been following yeah. that at all.
2: There's, uh... So there's Atwood, obviously.
1: Yeah, who's the and... king there's a couple of other guys that are pretty close i can't recall their yeah so there's atwood oh my goodness my memory is failing me right now um there well there's pug who actually just recently said he's moving back up to he's moving up to 83 yeah Yeah. there was sean sean c um what's the guy i know i know the guy's nickname it's something the future in his instagram handle it was actually funny. He was on the podcast with Ryan and like Ryan's like, Oh man, it'll be cool if like it was like his first name the the future per something future Perkins. What's his first name? His last name's Perkins. Anyways, oh, but Ryan basically just like you know, like just shouted that out there and then like after that yeah. podcast he changed his nickname to like his first name the future Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good name. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, this is killing me. Anyways, this first thing. But yeah, that battle in the eighty and the 74s is they're all trying to hit that 800 kilo mark.
2: That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's like, like three, two years ago, you would have never thought that the 74 kilo lifter would total
1: over 800. And like, now you
2: have like a handful of guys yeah. almost there.
1: And just a few years ago, like, it was huge when Brett hit over 800 in 83. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And now we I got... Mean, even
2: At the twenty sixteen World Championships only Brett Gibbs and John Hack were squatting over six hundred.
1: Yeah. And now everyone is
2: (laughs) to come top ten you need to squat six hundred.
1: It's crazy. It's absolutely (laughs) it's absolutely crazy what's going on in this sport and just like I just I just wonder like where is gonna be the ceiling? Like where is it gonna be like that benchmark where it's like now it's like okay, like we're only like being able to chip like things by like yeah. by like that little like you know a bit of a kilo but because right now Peter's going in competitions are still smashing records yeah I, mean, <laughs> I don't
2: I don't think we're even close because classic powerlifting it's only been around for about eight years right
1: yeah it's, it's still pretty new exam, so and we're getting we're also seeing a lot of athletes who you know instead of who are like falling into pathing like so like myself like I was a uh, soccer player, I didn't even know what powerlifting was, and then I started working out with people (laughs) like Ryan and Jeff, and I was like, oh, I'll give this a go. Oh, so that's
2: how you got introduced into the sport?
1: Yeah, so, like, I would, like, I was a, it was actually kind of funny, like, I was a soccer player my whole life, like, deep down, I'm like, man, I'm going to go pro, and then, um, on my off season, I used to, I used to get into strength training, because my coaches wanted me to put on weight, like, high school was walking around at, like, 110, 120 pounds like I was yeah. I was late. So I just kind of used strength training <laughs> to bulk up and then I I got strong quick like I think I was like before I started competing my deadlift was ready in the 600 So like yeah. it was kind of just like finally people were like hey you, you got to commit to this sport <laughs> <laughs> So Were you a better powerlifter than you are a soccer player? uh See Deep down... Yeah, there's,
2: there's such, like, two complete
1: opposites in terms of... Like, oh, like, for qualities. sure. They, oh, they I know. Apart, yeah. they, they don't <laughs> complement each other. They're not complementary sports at yeah, all. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, honestly, like, I I would probably say I'm a better power I mean, I've never been to the world stage with soccer, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, again, soccer's mainstream, right? There's The talent pool's a lot bigger, so... Yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's a
2: little bit different, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Were you following the, the like, just hype for Sheffield at all? Uh, like, the athletes leading into it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been following Brent Gibbs. I was really looking forward to seeing Brett Gibbs compete. Me too, because, like, yeah, he was injured he at, hit, the last, at the last Worlds. Yeah, and he hit, like, an 860 total in training, something right. crazy like that. Yeah. And it was so easy. I was yeah. like, holy crap. Yeah. Man, I like, I like. It's kind of disappointing that sheffield would be canceled. But, like it had to, but I yeah. was. A lot of people are just kind of like throwing out like, man, like Russ, Russ versus Taylor. But I'm like, how can you forget Brett? <laughs> yeah. No, <my> <laughs> like you can yeah. never count out Brett Gibbs. Like he's one of the goats of paralyzing. And like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. It, know, in my opinion, I think Brett Gibbs
2: more time. Russell already in the 83 kilo class.
1: Mm-hmm. I would put my money on Brett. Just you cause... put your money on Brett?
2: Yeah, I think he's more well-rounded because his bench is crazy. <laughs> oh, for
1: sure. Yeah, he yeah a... he's benching 500 pounds. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, it's just with like when Russ is on though, like if his squats are on, like he is just. <laughs> yeah, his squats. But same with uh, Brett That's right? true. It, like, it, yeah. He's dealing with a quad injury when he hit 295 at World, so. True. And then he had the issue at re-racking re-rack, at, at Worlds, too, so, like, he had yep. to, so, yeah. Man, it was the, I, I believe it was the soft elbows. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but it was stupid because his second bench got
2: turned down for soft elbows, so he had to re-rack it, and then it messed him up. And right. And then I saw his third bench, it looked exactly
1: the same, and he got three white lights. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You you never know <laughs> okay. some of the calls, but it's it's whatever. So for yeah. Sheffield, if you had to take your pick, you'd you put your money on Brett? Yeah, I would. Okay, okay. Yeah. I yeah. I think I think I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with you. Yeah. <laughs> <It's, laughs> no disrespect to Brett, right? He's an amazing athlete. Yeah. He definitely has it in him, obviously he's he's beaten Brett uh, on the
2: international platform, so hmm.
1: And are you are you picking Brett overall or just like between like Brett and Russell? Um, I, like in terms of IPF points. Is yeah, like yeah. The, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if Taylor Atwood were to hit eight hundred kilos, what do you know what his IPF points would be? Oh, I don't know, but it it would be a lot. I'd have to go punch yeah. it in, but yeah, I mean like. The, like, the poor thing, like, the sad thing for, like, the, like, heavyweights and really lightweight guys is they, like, they don't have much of a chance with IPF points, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, definitely favors sort of that bell curve area. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, I mean, it's a nice switch for us because with the with the Wilks, like, it kind of favored the heavyweights. Like, we weren't going to beat the, like, those 120 plus kilos. But now they have, like, they're just out with the IPF points. Um, <laughs> we did, we were talking to the guy who founded, have you heard of the DOT system at all? No. Okay. So it's a, like, it's a new way. It's kind of like IPF Wilkes just like a new score to rank athlete. And like, so we actually had the guy who found it on the podcast before. And so some organizations are actually starting to switch to dots. And so I like, I can't explain as well as he does, but like, it's, like he's constantly kind of changing it but like it's basically a little more well-rounded like he kind of compared a lot of the top athletes on his and like on his chart he kind of had like all the people competing in Sheffield and like all their scores would be a lot closer on the dot system so I think it does make it a bit more competitive across weight classes which is kind of interesting but I don't know enough about it to like completely explain it but do you know what Um, I, like, I know when we were talking to him, like, he said, like, there's been some specific countries that have switched to it, like, I think, like, I think Germany switched to it, there's been a few others, um, I think I saw on social media, org was actually maybe going to be moving to dots as well, I could, I could be making that up, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I saw (laughs) that somewhere, but... Like, I follow a guy on Instagram, so, like, he'll post when, like, a different, like, organization, like, takes on dots. And, like, I honestly yeah. feel, like, every couple of weeks I see him post, like, a new, like, this organization is now taking on dots. So, like, I feel it's growing. It's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know if I see, like, IPF taken on as a whole because, like, obviously they got the IPF points. But it yeah. is it is interesting formula. And I feel that like those things, like, you're never going to have the perfect formula, but it's something you're going to have to, like, keep tweaking over time. so like. No sure.
2: And I think as we go through time, it's it's going to get more and more accurate.
1: Yeah, you know? for sure. But, yeah. Yeah, and as the sport always keeps growing, like, I think it'll get more fine-tuned. Yeah, you will get more data, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like, the more data points you have, the easier it is to make a formula that works, like, something like that. For sure. hmm I still, I st- sorry, I'm still, like, in the back of my head. I'm still trying to picture... And Isaac cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> and, you gotta... So, a few, there's a few things, a few details that need to be known about that. Okay. I only did it because I was into tricking, and the coaches of the team needed at least four guys in order
2: to compete. Okay. Um, so, that was one of the rules, right? And they obviously, not obviously, but a lot of cheerleading teams have a hard time recruiting guys to join. Fair. So... The coach told me you can use the facility whenever you want if you join the team. We'll pay for all your travel. We'll pay for all your food. Just join.
1: Oh, not team. that at all.
2: Yeah, we so <laughs> actually went to Dallas, Texas, for an international competition for that, and I got everything paid for. It was, it
1: was oh shit, that's huge. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and how is this being funded? Uh, yeah. no idea. <laughs> okay. Okay. Man, I'm actually.
2: Okay. I'm, I'm guessing they use their own revenue
1: to take for that. Yeah, I know they have pretty big cheering like, competitions in the States. Like, I know there it's is a right. lot of athleticism to it. Just, like, the first thing when you think of cheerleading is kind of with, like, the pom-poms and, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's... <laughs> yeah. No, but I do know that it takes, like, quite a bit of athleticism. But yeah. I would just love to get, like, a picture of, like... Did you did you guys all have, like, the matching get-ups and, like... <laughs> yeah oh man if you it was if you, fun though it was fun fair really fair yeah. okay so is that where you got like your because i see on instagram sometimes you're doing like backflips and stuff like that so is that how you kind of like is that where you got that from no i actually learned how to
2: do a backflip just at home oh just <laughs> i just i just stacked up couch cushions in the basement and just went for it <laughs> oh
1: fair enough okay yeah. It's on my bucket list, but I also am too scared I want to break my neck. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's
2: a lot... It takes a lot less skill and athleticism
1: than you think. It's just more getting the confidence of yeah. just shooting for it's it. All, it's all mental. Fair, fair. <laughs> okay, not bad at all. Yeah. Um, so, basically, I did I did kind of want to... One thing I also want to cover while I had you on board... Um, so when we're, when we're talking about your training specifically, I know you have, you do have a coach, um, yeah. is it Sheldon, Sheldon Breddo? Okay. Yeah. And have you been working with him like since you started prior Yeah. Okay. So he's been programming for me
2: since the beginning, leading into every competition. Okay. So in between competitions, I might take one or two months where I sort of program for myself and then. Fair.
1: Okay. Okay, and And in terms of kind of, like, structure, like, you don't have to give us, like, all the nitty-gritty or, like, the secrets, but, like, what does your training kind of look like? Uh, so, what I typically do on a weekly basis, so I'll break it down weekly and then, I guess, monthly. Right. Um, so, every week, usually I'll undulate the volume and intensity, so it'll start with, like, lighter weight, more reps. And then day two, I'll do a little bit heavier, a little bit fewer reps. And then day three, I will do, I don't know, higher intensity, like 90% plus. Okay. Lower repetition. So it sort of goes down like So that like in every block, up. you get up to like the 90% range? No,
2: that's just an example. Oh, so gotcha. just start lighter and gets heavier. Fair, fair. Week. And I just okay. keep that every week. Oh, I see. I'll, okay. Yeah. And then I'll do that for about three weeks and just add weight uh, every single week. Mm-hmm. And then the Fourth week will usually be deload, so every, Fair. I guess, month consists of three weeks of accumulation and then one deload week.
1: Okay, not bad. And then obviously, the further away
2: from competition, I am. I guess the more accessories I'll do, I'm yeah. Out of the volume, and then yeah, as I get closer,
1: just gets more specific. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, volume okay. Drops, yeah. So it's
2: pretty standard.
1: Same. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so use like utilizing linear periodization essentially. Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'd am i i say I'm pretty similar, like, I, but I would kind of, like, draw out my volume blocks a bit longer, like, I usually mm-hmm. don't get close, like, I usually don't ramp up, so I'm, like, a month out from competition. <laughs> yeah,
2: find out, is that just because it's always been that way, or you found that it works better for
1: you? Um, it, like, it has worked for me, like, I find volume, like, my body responds really well to volume, so I'll usually, yeah. like, draw out my volume blocks and then yeah I I'd, hate volleyball oh I know I know it's it's like it kills me <laughs> <laughs> cardio I, yeah. I I can't like I remember I used to I used to play soccer back in the day and like we'd be running eight and a half kilometers before each practice and oh, then <laughs> last year last year after Worlds I joined yeah. a rec soccer league just for fun after yeah. honestly one minute like I was just <gasps> like, <laughs> I thought I was having an That's asthma hilarious. attack. It was, it was brutal. Um, yeah, you have so much more moving right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Although, one of these days, I do want to throw my hat in the ring and try to get a triathlon in. It's always been on oh, my yeah. bucket list. <laughs> so, Probably
2: after you're done with powerlifting, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely like when all <laughs> things are said and done and like turn yeah. my training because. I was always a decent runner and swimmer, but that bike can be the last key. Yeah, that's that's pretty
2: counterintuitive because you're so strong. Like, you think, (laughs) I mean, you have the best of both worlds. You you should
1: do CrossFit. (laughs) Ah, that's true. (laughs) I, I, like, as much as I respect CrossFitters, I just love making fun of the sport too much to actually (laughs) commit fully (laughs) to it. But although, I, I will admit, back in university, I did do some CrossFit workouts out of box yep, and whatnot. So. That's actually how I got into Olympic weightlifting, when okay. I saw CrossFit, I'm like, oh, that looks sick. Yeah. And then I tried to work out and it sucked. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. But, yeah, like the heavy lifting components, I'm like, I'll just do
1: that. Right, right. So where do you, where do you see, how long do you see yourself prepping? Like, do you see yourself, like you know, basically, like, taking it into, like, for the next, like, five years? Do you see yourself moving on to anything else? Like, where do you, where do you see yourself moving in the future?
2: Um, so, I... I have a lot of nagging injuries. Mm. So, for example, my left knee always gets inflamed, especially after a competition where I'm forced to hyperextend my knees to not get called on soft knees. Fair, right. Um, Yeah, so that's really been bothering me these last few months and i don't know sometimes i question whether or not it's worth it
1: to keep going Mm. i'm like sometimes i'm limping when i'm just walking down the down the street so it's at times it actually affects my quality of life i see okay i guess right now it's good i've taken a bit of a break from heavy lifting so it feels completely fine right Um, so i guess as long as my sort of greater than the impact it has on my quality of life. Right, so you're just going to essentially just kind of monitor that opportunity cost of, like, the training and the wear and tear on your body and see how long you take that through. No, for sure. That's exactly what I mean. Okay. But, yeah, hopefully I'll be doing it well into my 30s. And how old are you right now? I'm 26. Okay, so you're a 93? Okay, okay, so we are the exact same age, all right.
2: Oh, awesome. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, (laughs) I think... How does your body feel?
1: Mine is, overall, it's pretty good. Like, most of my injuries have come from my soccer career, oddly enough. Like, the the summer before I actually committed to powerlifting, I got patellar tendonitis in my right knee. Then I sprained my MCL on my left knee. And then I had a really bad fall where I planted my arm, and then to stop to break the fall, and I blew yeah. up my bicep tendon. So now in powerlifting, I haven't got any new injuries, but like whenever yeah. I like start getting towards the end of the blocks, it's that patellar yeah. tendonitis that flares up, um, yeah. and then it's my shoulder from bench from that like old soccer injury. Yeah. So I mean, I am happy that I haven't got any new injuries, but yeah. I haven't actually had the chance to fully. Iron out those old injuries, so it's like yeah. like you said as well, just managing the workload and managing the pain. Try not to yeah, overdo it. With powerlifting, you're a lot less prone to acute injuries like
2: spraining your ankle or like dislocating a joint. But it's all the chronic. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And that's the thing, like people like when you tell to your passion like, oh man, like that sounds dangerous. Like you're like literally like, you know, like just bracing. loading all this weight on yourself. But it's like, yeah. man, when we get in there, like you get so tight, like you are, you know, creating tension everywhere, you're bracing, yeah. like you are it's it's honestly almost like I find like I've gotten stupid injuries just from when I'm warming up and I'm not taking the weight seriously. But like when you get yeah. into your top sets, like everything's tight, everything's bracing, you're ready to rock and yeah. roll. So No, for sure.
2: It's it's all
1: controlled, right? So. Mm-hmm. exactly. But then when you look at other sports like soccer, basketball, like you have the change in direction, like the cutting, yeah. like the contact from, from other sports. people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I would be curious to actually look into the stats of looking at injuries across like different sports compared to powerlifting. I'd be very, very interested to see the stats on that. Yeah, I mean, I do you follow Greg Knuckles at all? No, who is that? No, so he's a uh, so him and Eric Trexler have a podcast called um, It's called Stronger by Science. Okay, and they have one episode that sort of covered the scientific literature on uh, injury rates in mm. powerlifting compared to other sports, and it's pretty low in powerlifting. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, that, I can't recall the exact numbers, but it's... But it's it was lower, lower than, than... Yeah, than the majority of sports. That is world very world. interesting. Okay, yeah. that is, yeah, that's really cool. No, I do, like, I do definitely want to go look up those stats. It would be yeah. great to kind of have in the back pocket. Okay. And so, when it's, like, when it's said and done, like, let's say we go into the future, like, 10... Actually, let's just say, like, you're talking to your little bakes... Telling your <laughs> telling your kids, like, you know, your past path history. How do you, when when the dust settles, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I
2: don't think it's really about being remembered. I think just knowing deep down that I maximize my potential, I guess. Okay, okay. I did everything I could to be the best that I could be. Fair.
1: Okay. To feel good about it. Yeah. And so you've obviously already won the Canadian eighty-three kilogram title. You've won the ninety-three kilogram title. Like, do you have anything else you want to kind of check check off your list in the world of powerlifting? Oh thing? yeah. <laughs> uh, I would like to podium for the total at worlds. Okay. I think that's yeah. That'll be a really. I
2: think once I do that, I'll leave my shoes on the platform. And be like,
1: I'm done. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah. You uh, hit I'm that podium. Sure. I you Except take that, off your shoes, just put them there, walk yeah, off. Before the picture. Yeah, like, just put your shoes I, down. <laughs> Be like, what,
2: uh, I don't know if you're aware of do you follow weightlifting
1: at all? Uh leisurely. Like there's some accounts yeah. and stuff I follow on Instagram, but I'm not like yeah. huge into it. Do you
2: know who Kiro Stinas is? Oh,
1: I've heard that name.
2: Yeah, it's, I think he's a he won three
1: Olympic golds and one Olympic bronze. Oh man. And the year that like his last olympics he left his shoes on the platform just walked off no way yeah oh man that'd be it's it's an iconic moment in weightlifting oh true that (laughs) i would just like love to leave a sport like just like have like kind of like iconic moment where you just like leave a sport and it's like that was like your thing because everyone's going to know like that was like his trademark thing (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like in order to justify doing that
2: you'd have to be in the sport for a long you that's true two years and be like,
1: okay, I'm <laughs> hey <laughs> quit while you're ahead quit while you're ahead it's like i came i conquered i'm out i see all these young bloods hitting new numbers i don't want to fight with them <laughs> oh man okay so obviously you're not putting your hat in the ring for 2020 worlds if it whatever happens this year, who knows. But so you'd be expecting to come back for next year when you fill up the 93-kilogram weight class? Yeah, and I would have to win the weight class again, right? So true. no guarantees. That's true. But yeah. obviously, like, you're an athlete, you're a competitor, like, you train to win, so we're... <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I train to win every
2: competition, man. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that's exciting. All right, so and. Few years we might see Isaac podium hitting that podium at the IPF Worlds. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll do everything I can to get there. But okay, and uh what else? So I just I just found it funny. So Bacon Bulk is your Instagram handle. Where'd that come from? Was that just kind of a joke or like (laughs) where? Uh yeah, I mean, just sort of. Okay, because bacon bulk was before you started to go up to, before you decided to go up to ninety three kilograms. But now it's very fitting because it's like <laughs> you're <Yeah>. bulking up. <laughs> I I, uh, I had my long term plan in mind when I started, started yeah. eighty three bulk be, up to ninety three. I'm be filling up to ninety three next year, so bacon bulk is suitable. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that thinking. <laughs> All right, um, and so I've had you on for I think. We're getting close to that. I I actually don't know how long it's been. But before we actually sign off, is there anything else you want to let us know about or cover? Just about your goals, about your personal life? Anything? Any shout-outs you want to give? Uh, shout-outs, for sure.
2: So, I mean, my parents have always been really supportive of all my endeavors, including powerlifting. Uh, so I just want to say that I'm really grateful for them. Uh... My girlfriend, Danielle, again, also very supportive. My coach, Sheldon, and my friends, Adam, Neil, and
1: Brittany, they've always sort of motivated me at the gym to improve myself. So, yeah, I have accomplished the things I've done without them. All right, and if people want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? So Baconbox, Instagram handle. Yep. Okay, anywhere else they can follow you? Anywhere else they can follow you or find you? Anywhere else? Yeah. Uh, not. That's sort of the only thing that <laughs> is okay. open to the public. So. And do you coach at all? Do you coach athletes? Uh, I coach not in powerlifting, just weightlifting. Oh, fair. So I have, one, I have one client right now who I'm actually programming for. Okay. She's trying to, yeah. Okay, First so point. if we do have any weightlifters and they want coaching, they can reach out to you? Yeah, for all sure. All right, perfect. Just, uh, and I'll be happy to help alright sounds good well it was great having you on Isaac I really appreciate it Um, awesome thanks
2: thanks
1: for having me yeah it'll be great to have you on again when you're after your podium at the IPF Worlds (laughs) (laughs) alright thanks a lot have a good rest of your weekend we'll catch you later see ya So that was Mr. Isaac Bake, 83 kilogram, 93 kilogram national champ. His, all, his future goals are to podium at the IPF World, which is going to be a great feat. And as we see, the sport is getting competitive year after year. So hopefully we can see him do it. We, I, as a Canadian, I want to see more Canadians getting up to the top levels on the podium. Thanks for watching, guys. Six Pack is not on this one, but he will be back. And I'll catch you next time. King of the Lifts, calf weave, aka King Calf, aka Cafe Fitness. Peace.